What's up, NBA fans? We are in the slow part of the year. We are post-draft, post-free agency. Um, we're, we're still months away from the start of the NBA season, so we're still a little far away to start our NBA season previews. But either way, this is probably still the longest I've seen free agency season extend out into the summer. And by extend out, I mean there's still some notable names still left on the table the Colin Sexton, Montrez Harold, DeAndre Aiden, just to name a few. And we'll break down those free agents on this episode, as well as some of the trades that gone down, the Kevin Durant saga, and the pieces that have been added to sort of the drama there with the Utah Jazz overhauling their roster and Donovan Mitchell apparently being available. We'll talk about all that and a bit more. Um, but before we dive into all that, Sean, there was something that happened this offseason that I completely forgot about, and I should have mentioned it in some earlier podcast. Um, as a Laker Laker fan, there's a name that finally came off the books Uh-oh. at the end of this season. <laughs> officially, I think when the NBA draft started, that name was officially off the Lakers salary cap. I don't know if you want to take a wild guess at who that name is. <laughs> I feel like I have a good idea, Alan. And it's just a guy that Laker fans have, were, have hated for a while. <laughs> I think it's going to be Luol Deng. That's right. Luol wow. Deng's $5 million per year uh, sort of stretch that the Lakers yeah, contract did. contract buyout, right? Contract buyout <laughs> and stretch that they did five years ago, I believe. I'm pretty sure it was five years ago. It's finally officially off the books as of the start of the NBA draft wow. a few months ago. And I should have, and I knew that, and I completely forgot to call that out. <laughs> but I'm calling that out now. And even with that, the Lakers still didn't manage to have a good free agency season. But obviously, <laughs> there's always the Kyrie yeah. situation that could develop, I guess, in a fortunate Man. way for the Lakers, however unlikely that may seem right now. What was Luol Dang's contract? Do you remember what the exact numbers were for that? I, I want to say, remember. like, by today's standards, I feel like it wasn't that much money. But at the time, it was just this massive overpay. But, like, a guy like Luol Deng would probably go for that amount, uh, you know, in today's contracts. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. You want to hear what the original contract was? I do, yeah. Actually, do. I, I want to guess. I, I feel like it was only, like, four years, 70 million. Four years, seventy-two million. You almost 72 got million. it. Okay. See, that's not that bad by today's standards, though. It's... Duncan Robinson got that yeah. much money, basically. Uh, who else? You're looking at like Davis. Oh, Davis Pertans was terrible, but mm-hmm. like you know, there's plenty of those crappy contracts still. I know, but the thing is, those guys were at least playable. Luol Deng was not <laughs> playable. He I'm before not... he got to LA, he's playable. I mean, he was a good player. Even, I mean, he was a great player at one point, but even like a year, that year before he signed with LA, there was already huge question marks about what kind of uh, production he could actually give. And and the Lakers gave him this ridiculous contract. And <laughs> let's see how many, I want to get him a, a read of how many games he actually played in a Laker uniform. I want to say like 50, 57 games. Oh, that's, that's more a than lot I more thought. Than I expected <laughs> spread over the course of those four years, though. Yeah, his like biggest 10, 10, 15 games a season. Yeah, 2016, first year of that contract, seven points, uh, 26 minutes. Oh, 
Seven um, points. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to jump out of. Jump, uh. not, 38% field goal shooting uh, with only two three-point attempts. So just missing brick after brick. And, but, I mean, that deal is finally off the table. And, I mean, it's just sort of like it wouldn't be that big of a deal if the Lakers were OKC or Minnesota Timberwolves. But the Lakers the last few years have just been redlining at the, you know, at the hard cap. At the repeaters tax, so that extra five million dollars actually meant <laughs> could have meant deal. something, yeah. Yeah, man, how many guys you think are out there rocking Luol Dang Lakers jerseys right now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like whatever short supply, like you know what, you know where I bet there's Luol Dang Lakers jerseys. Where and I I his hometown. <laughs> no, I for you know one. This is a random childhood memory. I was in oh, Mexico wow. once, and I saw a kid with a San Antonio Spurs championship hat for <laughs> the year, I believe, 2000. Oh, what was the? It was oh, it was the year. Man, I don't even remember. Was it the? I think it was the year the Lakers beat the Spurs in the Western Conference oh, Finals. So it's like all it, the throwaway. Yes, exactly. Stuff. Uh, and I yeah. saw his hat, and I was like. That the Spurs did not win that year. How the hell does this <laughs> yeah. kid have that hat? And it yes, was only they, years later that I came to find that you know, obviously NBA teams, in order to have these things ready to go as soon as teams win the conference finals or the finals and put mm-hmm. them on their merch stores, they have them in production already done. And if <laughs> they're not winning, then you know they do something else and they just sell them they, to resellers. Yeah. In other countries, <laughs> Ship it off to yeah, the distant lands, as they say. Yeah, um, yeah, that's where all the Luol Deng jerseys are. Then. That's, yeah, that's a that's all to say. Luol Deng jersey is probably not anywhere here in the U.S. A Laker jersey, but I bet there's a country out there that has a couple of them. A couple wow. of yeah, just a couple them. though. Yeah, <laughs> a couple Dangs, a couple Mozgovs. <laughs> yeah, a couple of those guys. Uh, oh, I, I mean, if Luol Deng ever has a reason to come back to high nor you know fame, those jerseys mm-hmm. could probably be worth a lot of money. Oh yeah, so definitely. And I will say, since we're not probably going to talk about the Lakers at all the rest of this podcast, I you, you mentioned you, you don't really think they've done much with this offseason. I actually like a lot of the moves they've made this offseason. I think it's the opposite of last season where we all overreacted to all the crappy moves they made. With yeah. all these old geriatric players coming in, whereas this year we're underreacting to all of the younger guys that they're getting that still have good potential to improve. Yeah, I guess, but just because it's better relatively doesn't mean it's still good. <laughs> you just you don't need it to be great. You just need it to be decent. Like yeah. you just need some of these guys to improve a little bit. Like. Like Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant's a great player. I like player. Thomas Bryant. I yeah, like Thomas Bryant. We've seen him. Yeah, we've seen him put up some big numbers on Washington before he got that injury. Lonnie Walker's capable of cooking, kind of like a Malik Monk replacement. Damian Jones showed some stuff with the Kings last year. I don't know. I feel like there, there's a lot of still potential with this young core that they're building there. And they seems like they've learned a little bit from their mistakes. They haven't signed anyone over 30 yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, so say these are really good signings and the Lakers get, what, 10 more wins? 
Oh, I mean, this 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 team is just still no. That well, so forty three. That puts them yeah. That puts them like within eight hundred. I mean, five hundred territory. Also, the reserves get ten, and then Anthony Davis gets another ten if he plays. Yeah, then we're yeah. I guess we're talking about the fifth seed, sixth seed there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it. Like Anthony Davis is one playing. You can get yeah. him healthy for a season. Anything can happen. Yeah, I guess like two years ago was like we. We signed the two six men of the year finalist and the six man of the year, <laughs> and made some good moves to go right. <clears throat> to go from that to where we are now. <clears throat> it's a bit shell shocking, but all good. I mean, we got to we got to jump into some teams that actually made some moves. <laughs> <laughs> true, very yeah. true. This this huge one happened like what a day after the last podcast we had, <laughs> right? Rudy Gobert getting traded to the Timberwolves. I mean. Brian Windhorst on ESPN doing his whole something's going on in Utah. Very silly, very funny, but you very know what? <laughs> it ended up being true. It ended up being reflecting something that actually happened. And with the Wolves sending Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Leonardo Bolmero, uh, the number 22 pick, along with first round picks in 2023, 2025, 27. 29 and a 2026 pick swap. I mean, the pick swap is only there because of NBA rules or else David would be handing the, the, the Utah jazz, uh, five draft picks. But this is quite the package. Um, I'm stunned. This is, this is so, (laughs) this just kind of really came out of nowhere, but at the same time, I'm also stoked. I'm like, yes, like some of these teams need to swing for the fences. The Timberwolves of the world, the the Sacramento Kings of the world. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's do something big. Like, stop sitting on the sidelines and and getting beat up by coastal teams or the you know, to, <laughs> right? Who always make the moves? Like, I think there's moves to be made, and I'm glad to see the Timberwolves did it. It's a huge asking price. Um, huge. <laughs> I mean, especially when KD's <laughs> on the market. But I guess you get a defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert. A guy who's still in his prime while you have two up-and-coming stars. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. And uh, one thing that also to realize that I kind of, you know, I think kind of puts context to this trade is the Timberwolves are also under new ownership. They've had this Mm, new ownership group the last few years. So I think pretty prototypical, I think, when a new owner comes in, you paid big money for this basketball franchise. I think you're probably going to want to try to do whatever it takes to get some seats, get some butts in the seats, get yourself <laughs> on national TV and uh, and really get some re- a return on investment and just go for it with a team. And I think this is really one of those moves. It's just like maybe it doesn't make sense to most folks, but it makes enough sense to us that we're going to do it. The Wolves are going to dominate the regular season. <laughs> Because Rudy Gobert is probably the best regular season player, out of maybe top five best regular season player in the league. I mean, no, you don't game scheme for this guy on a night to night basis. That's just not how it works. And I mean, we've seen it the last three years. Utah has an amazing regular season, and then they fizzle out in the playoffs because Donovan Mitchell can't carry the entire team on offense, and Gobert can't carry the entire team on defense. Mm-hmm. And so now you're pairing him with a guy. And Anthony Edwards, who seems like he's becoming one of the best two-way players in the league, can handle the offense a la Donovan Mitchell, but then you also have Carl Anthony Towns. And so now you're going to be looking at three guys on max contracts 
for this Minnesota team that, like you said, is under new ownership and is probably willing to pay the money to have three guys on a max contract deal along mm-hmm. with all the complimentary pieces that are signed there. And they also got um, what Torian Prince back on a new deal. Uh, they got Kyle Anderson away from Memphis on a two-year deal. So they've got some really good role players even getting rid of some of these other ones that they had with, with Beverly. And, and Vanderbilt, I think, was a great player um, with Beasley as a sixth man. They were able to really retool the roster in a way that didn't hurt their current roster at all. And yeah. obviously you're giving up your entire future. Like mm-hmm. every every meaningful pick from now until 2030 <laughs> is the Utah's pick. And that is just, you know, it's just a huge sign of trust that you believe Anthony Edwards is all you're going to need for the next decade. And it's, it's wild. Rudy Gobert is 29 years old. I mean, by the time we come to 2029, maybe 2027, like Rudy Gobert could be on oh, the he's bench gonna be not, on no, his way No, he won't out. even be on the team. Yeah, they're not going to yeah. want to resign him at that point. <laughs> yeah, we're talking probably, you know, just a travel traveling NBA journeyman, Udonis Haslam type of style yeah, right. by that point. So <laughs> it, it's crazy to see these these all these picks going out but i mean if you're gonna go for it go for it now um but i think let's let's talk a little bit about the the fit here timberwolves had the 13th best defensive rating last year 13th best offensive rating as well they're sort of like they're a good team but they're not sort of they're not elite in anything um right in the in that playoff series against the against um memphis the grizzlies they put up a big fight, but again, there was like not really any any one card they could pull out that was like this is the one thing we can rely on. That's that's a that we know is elite and better than most teams. Um, so I think by getting Rudy Gobert, I think that's probably what you hope for is you you really ramp up on defense and you hope that that puts you into elite territory. And what we saw this year, I mean, defense still matters. Yeah, offense is mm-hmm. like a lot of the attention. For a few years there, I mean, hence all those big contracts being given out to shooters. But maybe the league is starting to change a little bit and starting to try to focus on the defensive side as well. But all that said, the big question here is also the fit offensively because with Carl Anthony Towns, we know his defensive struggles, but he's still a great player. And what makes him great is just what he can do on the offensive end. Is that he's a seven footer who all, all the other seven footers have to guard. Or if you play small ball against him, he's bigger than you and he can shoot <laughs> over you. He can take you in the post or he can shoot from the three. I mean, 30% of his field goal attempts last year were from the three-point line. So hmm. he's not just he's not just like a Thomas Bryant shoot him every once in a while. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He's getting pretty decent. 40% shooting from three last year. That's like really this, good. <laughs> this, is, this is elite territory. So... I think there is the question of like by pairing him up with a guy like Rudy Gobert who has to be inside constantly and Carl Anthony Towns can't use that side of you know of his skill set to take advantage of smaller defenders or uh bulky centers like where do you lose a bit of the magic that Carl Anthony Towns is bringing and you've been used to him bringing to your team uh the last few years Right. Yeah. And there's also the question of like, is is Anthony Edwards going to have enough space to operate Mm -hmm. if Gobert is clogging up the lane? 
Right. Because like when Cat's your center, you can space the floor out. Because yeah, like you said, he's a great three point shooter and you can go five wide on the three point line, but with Gobert, he's just gonna be sitting there, you know, waiting for an offensive rebound or a post up or, you know, to be called for a pick and roll or something. It's it's really interesting. It's like I, I know he's a great player on defense, you know, you're gonna have no problems having him there. But yeah, it does make me wonder what the offense is gonna look like if they can get him to be just an effective pick and roll guy and stay out of Anthony Edwards way when he's driving into the lane, you know, mm-hmm. because it just makes it that much easier for the defenders to, to help to have team defense on him and help out when he's driving in the lane. Um, it's a very different system than what we've seen teams try to go towards more recently, you know, trying to copy the Warriors style, but you know, I guess you could kind of liken it to what Boston did, you know, mm-hmm. where they have Horford and Robert Williams, except Gobert is not as agile or nimble as Robert Williams is. Mm-hmm. Robert Williams is like, 20, what, 22, 23 years old? Right. Super, yeah, he's still got plenty of energy. Gobert is, is much slower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he can't get out of the way as fast. He can't He can't move around as much as Robert Williams can. So uh, maybe they're going for something similar to that, but... It's going to lead to a lot of regular season wins, but I'm not convinced this makes sense for playoffs. Yeah, I don't either. I think <clears throat> I think this gets them one round, possibly, if certain things fall their way. They go into the second round, but I don't see this as like a team that's a threat uh, to, to, to make yeah. it to the Western Conference Finals. Like, I don't think this jumps them over the Clippers. Denver, if Jamal no. Murray is back, or the Warriors. I think the Warriors still have their hand. And uh, I mean, I still like Memphis too. So, yeah, there's a couple teams I'm still willing to put and put in front of them, even with uh, Rudy Gobert. And I mean, the question is always the same with Rudy Gobert. It's like when the playoffs come. Yeah, he's great offense defensively, but when teams start scheming and you're not getting much offensive production, and t- teams are scheming to to pull him out, and he's not quite as effective on defense either, then is it worth even having him out there? Um, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what this does. Especially, yeah. I mean, the other thing. One last point here too is uh, the Timberwolves kind of gave up a lot of their special perimeter defenders that they had: Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly. These were the guys that were chasing around them, all those Memphis guards and giving yeah. them a tough time <laughs> and managed to get them those wins that they needed. Right. And now they're shipped. They're shipped out. So yeah, that's true. <clears throat> So do yeah, you Pat have Beverly? I think he was a big part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So part of it is also, do you have the right perimeter defensive pieces still on the roster to, to sort of um, complement Rudy Gobert's interior defense? Because let's not forget, like, yeah, for all the greatness uh, Gobert had on the defensive end, Utah's shortcomings really on the perimeter defensive side as well. Like, right? They could have guarded the perimeter for for you know for anything. That's why Rudy Gobert was getting pulled out so much. Right. So, yeah, and that's why it's hard for me to think that, like, him and Carl Anthony Towns can be on the floor very often together mm-hmm. because you have both Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert trying to guard, you know, teams that have five guys around the perimeter. Like, it just doesn't really make any sense. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Anthony Edwards can be a good defender. Jaden McDaniels is a good defender. They brought in Kyle Anderson, who's got some great length. But yeah, you still, you still, if you're having Cat and Gobert on the floor together, that's two guys that can't guard a three-point shooter. 
So yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It maybe it's it's just one of those things where like we're just gonna try this and hope it works. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, like you said, like we're the wolves. We have to try something. Like we're not going to get a a free agent come to us. We have to trade for the best player we can get. Yeah, and in, in this case, it's it's Rudy Gobert. And uh, yeah, I think just to touch on uh, the impact this had across the league. I mean, this is happening while Kevin Durant's you know whole trade fiasco was going on last week now you're like how much is kevin durant worth if rudy gobert is worth five first round picks and and four players you know like this is an unbelievable haul for this guy and he's not even i wouldn't even say he's like a top 15 player in the league rudy gobert yeah Mm, he's close but yeah, I think I think probably little outside. Uh, yeah, no, like, yeah, he could be close. Like maybe he's top twenty. I don't think he's top fifteen though. I bet we could name fifteen players we'd rather have. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take you on on top twenty, it's including Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, because I probably the way I'm running it through my head, I probably put him seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't want to run through a whole list of guys right now. But <laughs> <clears throat> any, I, I think one other interesting thing about this trade is D'Angelo Russell staying on the roster. Like Utah, they're yeah. maybe not making that ask for him, or Timberwolves being very hesitant to include him on there. But I think keeping him on your team is is an interesting wild card for the Timberwolves because I mean, I wonder if you can swap him for something else later on as this mm. season kicks ahead. They may not be done yet ro- forming this roster. Yeah, the off season's still young. There are moves to be made, but yeah, D'Angelo Russell's probably in a few conversations. Yeah. I also wonder like what the if they made a call for Durant, I gotta think they did and what that what what the package they were asking for was it Yeah. Or maybe they were just too deep in the Rudy Gobert talks already. Yeah like, to really back out. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't I can't I can't the only team I could see putting together a bigger package than this is like OKC or um, as far as picks, yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as picks, or like yeah. Some of See, these this this trade, teams. I wouldn't trade Kevin Durant for this stuff. You know, you 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 get nothing for players. Mm-hmm. Base, I mean, like Pat Bev and Vanderbilt are decent. Beasley's decent, but like none of this is enough to get Kevin Durant, in my opinion. Yeah, like yeah, Russell would have to be part of that trade. Yeah, and if I was Nets ownership, I wouldn't take this trade either. I, I would want Anthony Edwards. Like, give me a good player yeah. that I know is good. Would you do it if you replaced, like, Pat Bev with D'Angelo Russell? <laughs> Get him back. They just had him. Yeah. <laughs> he was an all-star for the Nets. He was an all-star there. He was. He was. That's true. Yeah. Probably not. I'd still say still no. no. Wow. I mean, he's an all-star caliber player. Plus a lot of picks. I I don't know what else you want if you're the Nets. I think I'd still take DeAndre Aiden over over D'Angelo Russell to be honest. Give me the same number yeah. of picks in DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> I take that. That's fair. Um, yeah. But on that note, talking about Rudy Gobert's Utah Jazz uh, report, reportedly Utah Jazz is taking calls to potentially deal Donovan Mitchell. Oh man, this oh. <clears throat> this did makes... you see this coming? Did you think this was gonna happen? Oh, I mean, it seemed like it seemed like the writing was on the wall, but I also did not realistically think this should happen or could have happened. I mean, yeah, who trades away a twenty-five-year-old star who's locked <laughs> into a four-year contract? Like, it right? makes no sense to me. I wouldn't do this deal. Like, there's no. Tr- I mean, unless you're 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 trading straight up player for player. 
like a Donovan Mitchell for a Devin Booker, which I I don't think that will happen. No. I just don't see this making sense. Like, just right. keep the guy and just lose games <laughs> and uh, and reposition your roster to something different. But you got to right. keep this piece. I completely agree, man. I, I think, I mean, obvi- obviously this could be a media thing blown totally out of proportion. Maybe mm-hmm. them taking calls is just like, yeah, if you're going to give me Devin Booker, sure, I'll, I'll th- consider trading Donovan Mitchell for him. Maybe they're not seriously considering any actual deals like they did with Gobert. Because, like you said, as a 25-year-old who's a, a top 20 player in the league, how does that not fit any timeline? That mm-hmm. fits any timeline. I don't care if you're trying to win in five years. I don't care if you're trying to win next year. This is a guy you want on your team. And what what kind of draft pick are you going to get? That's going to be better than Donovan Mitchell. Like, what are the odds that you get? I don't care if you get seven draft picks for Donovan Mitchell. What are the odds that any of them become just as good as he is? You know, you hit the lottery with this dude at the number 15 pick. Mm -hmm. Why would you risk losing that for another lottery pick in the future? It doesn't make any sense. You're you're starting from nothing. It's just going to take longer for you to rebuild because you don't have a star to build around. You're building around nothing. Exactly. He still he still has the chance to get better. Um, yeah, I mean, you could give yourself three top 10 picks and, you know, I'm sure you'll get three really good players. But what are the chances that three or one of those even becomes Donovan Mitchell? And you still have to wait on that on that right. chance. It's not like, you know, within the first two years it can take time. So, yeah, exactly. And you have your own pick, and you're going to have the Wolves picks for the next six years. Between all those, that's not enough chances for you? Like, how many more draft picks do you need? Like, at least OKC had Shea Gilgis to start out with. Mm-hmm. What's Utah going to have to start out with if they trade Donovan Mitchell? Are they going to put all their hope into Jordan Clarkson? Like, th- there's that's literally, like, the only guy that's going to be left after this. It's like... You're starting with absolutely nothing. Like, at least give your fans something to cheer for. Like, there's just... I, I would be pretty disgusted if I... if I When I see... Hopefully I don't see a Utah trading Donovan Mitchell trade. Because I, I, I don't think I could take it. Like, it makes no logical sense. Yeah. I just don't think it's good for the NBA either. For teams no. to just kind of overhaul their entire team when... There's not a lot of pressure to do it. You know, unless, like... I guess there's like pretty bad fallouts, but I mean, there's, there's big star trades that make sense. Like, you know, Durant, he's 35, James Harden wanting out of Houston. He's been there for a while. He's getting older, wants a chance mm-hmm. at a ring. Some of these deals, uh, trade requests make a lot of sense, but for a team to truly just overhaul their roster like this can't be yeah. good for the league. I mean, you're losing, you're losing top tier competitive teams. Uh, just kind of throwing in the towel and completely trading away their stars. And I don't know. I think, I think it's a bad look. So I feel like I really hope that Utah Jazz end up keeping Donovan Mitchell. I think it's, it's healthy for the league to, for each franchise, even if they're in a losing year to still have their stars on their team, still have, still have a reason to watch uh, (laughs) Lakers versus Utah. Right. Like, right. And it's like, Utah, like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it at all, man. Like, what are you gonna get in return for him? You know, we're hearing that, like, what are the Heat gonna give up? Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson? 
Like, are you shitting me? Like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, you're basically giving me garbage and a bunch of draft picks that are just dart throws to try to get another Donovan Mitchell. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, yeah, you're, it's like you're, you're giving him up to try to get him again later. Mm-hmm. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, the other big name that that's coming up is the New York Knicks, and I don't. What's on this roster? Like <laughs> Evan Fournier, <laughs> R.J. Barrett, I guess Cam Reddish, but even like those two guys, the salaries doesn't Mitchell. match up either. Yeah, you'd have to give up a more garbage than that. Like Cam you'd Reddish, will get... be topping R.J. Barrett. Like those. Are yeah, maybe Julius Randall. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they give up Julius Randle for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it's just none of those deals like seem enticing at all. Like, yeah, and obviously, like the picks are like the big thing because it doesn't seem like Utah even would want a player. At the, if you're considering trading Donovan Mitchell, you're trying to lose every single game next year. Mm-hmm. You want to be the most pathetic team. You want to be the next Charlotte Bobcats. Like what nine and seventy three, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, you do that by trading for Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, and every pick the Heat have for the next seven years, also. And it's just it, it's sickening. It's really sickening. I would be disgusted if that actually happened. Yeah. So if this is actually true, that if there's a team that can actually do it again, I'm gonna throw in a wild horse here. I'm gonna say the Sacramento Kings should make an offer. Offer Damian Mitchell. <laughs> I always forget the kid they just drafted. What's his name again? Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray. He's killing it in the summer league. Throw oh, him dude, in they're a not package. giving him up. They're not giving him up. You know who they'll give them? Harrison Barnes. Don't give up Harrison Barnes. I mean, I guess <laughs> you probably give up have Harrison to. Barnes. <laughs> I guess you'd have to just to make the salary. But yeah, throw you don't Harrison, need Harrison Barnes. Barnes if you're getting Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, but I'm. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to make the package, the numbers work. I'd say. Throw in Damian Mitchell, Keegan Murray, I guess Harrison Barnes, and make this happen, Kings. This, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. <laughs> Dude, they're so stubborn. They think Keegan Murray's like the next Kawhi Leonard. He's good, <laughs> I'm sure, but he you already know Donovan Mitchell is good. And Donovan Mitchell is locked in on a long-term deal still, so you're getting him for four years, which feels like such a cheat code if somebody's actually... Yeah, the worst part of this is it's not, it's not like Donovan Mitchell requested a trade. Like, that is not the story that came out. The story is, like, Utah's listening to calls. Mm-hmm. The people that want him. It's like, show some... He showed loyalty to you. Show some loyalty back, man. I mean, this is a homegrown product. How how can you do the, him dirty like this, you know? Yeah. Like, at least you gave Rudy Gobert, like, a decent amount of time there. Donovan Mitchell's only been there for four years. Yeah. You know? Like, why are you already throwing him to the Wolves? Yeah, it's... Rudy Gobert went to the Wolves, but... (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, one thing to also call out is, uh, you know, this is is a team that wasn't... That was bought by an ownership... New ownership group not too long ago. So, I'm also surprised that they're making this move. Unless maybe they're looking to leave and sell this team soon or something. <laughs> well, it ain't going to be worth a lot next year if this if this actually happens. I really yeah. hope it doesn't. Yeah, and you hear talks that um, this is gonna like this this is gonna somehow result in like a three team trade where where Utah ends up giving the Nets Donovan Mitchell. And I'm... it's like ah, uh, I, I hate all of it. I, I yeah. hate all of it. 
I'm sure the Nets would love to take Donovan Mitchell. It's oh, just, sure. Yeah. What's going to hometown what's, kid? Yeah. What's Utah getting back? Um, but draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, moving on from that, uh, Unless you had anything else to say on Donovan Mitchell, Utah? Uh, I, no, I mean, I'm just, it's disgusting, and they shouldn't do it. They mm-hmm. shouldn't do it. I, I know they're going into a rebuild phase, but, you know, you can accelerate your timeline by just keeping the guy you already know is good. Keep your star, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so many yeah. so many franchises have rebuilt with a star. Miami Heat with Dwayne Wade, Lakers back in 05 with Kobe, mm-hmm. Portland Trailblazers with Dame. I mean, it happens. Like, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyways, Malcolm Brogdon traded to the Celtics uh, for package of dudes and the 2023 <laughs> first-round pick. The Celtics managed to do it. They said they wanted a better point, a more a, a more traditional point guard on their roster, and they did it. Uh, I'm sure it upset. <laughs> they're, already, they're, they're already starting point guard, Marcus Smart, but... You know, he's moving back to the two spot and and they're inserting Malcolm Brogdon here. I mean, this I like this move. I'm surprised that the Celtics pulled it off. I'm Yeah. It's huge. I like secretly wish that the Lakers somehow managed to pull it off because it seemed like the package <laughs> yeah, wasn't that did. high. Uh but somehow it didn't happen and yeah, I mean it's a good 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 move for the Celtics here to to add more to their roster. Seriously, I mean, a 2023 first round pick is what pick? It's gonna be like high 20s, maybe 30 mm-hmm. with the roster you have now. That's that's nothing. I don't know why Indiana really took this deal. There must not have been much of a bidding war for Malcolm Brogdon. It, yeah, it really surprises me because this is a guy who I feel like he's overachieved his expectations almost every season. Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to his Milwaukee days where he, he was coming off as a rookie as a second-year player, and he looked fantastic. He, he was sh- shooting a, like a 50-40-90 clip. Mm-hmm. And then surprised to hear that he gets signed and traded to the Pacers. I'm like, okay, the Pacers know what they got with this guy. Like, he's going to be the dude there. And, and he had a few great years for them. And then you come to this, like, next season, and you're like, wow, the Pacers, like, Really, they don't really believe in Brogdon either. He's putting up good numbers, and obviously the injuries play a part in it. But then you trade for for Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald, and you and you draft Ben Matherin, and then you get rid of Brogdon for nothing. And this yep. is a guy you traded a first round pick for, you know, three years ago. So yeah, I, I guess I don't really understand it because I feel like he's always performed to at least what people expect, maybe better. He's a solid player on both sides of the ball. He's a fantastic playmaker. He can score from anywhere. He's got great size, great great athleticism. I I don't get it. I I think the Celtics got a huge huge deal here. Just giving up a bunch of contracts on the end of their bench just hmm. to make the numbers match and then giving them a pick that doesn't matter. Like they basically just signed him as a free agent. <laughs> Essentially, you know? I mean. Yeah. Is a great player, and you know this is this is a guy that gets you over the hump. You know, if you're you're two games away from winning the NBA championship, Malcolm Brogdon's worth two games, in my opinion. Oh yeah, the names: Malik Feets, Jawan Morgan, Aaron Neesmith, Nick Stauskas. I forgot Nick Stauskas was still in the league. I thought and, he was and, playing and in China. <laughs> he had an NBA contract, <laughs> and uh, Daniel Thais. Like all this for like yeah, all four, all five of these guys are dudes that would. Could easily be uh, waived and be, 
you know, pending free agents yeah. all throughout the summer, maybe even into the season. So you're not losing there much either. Malcolm Brogdon, I guess the only, I could see the only argument to Malcolm Brogdon is you have him until 2024 locked in. Uh, 23 million he's owed and 21 million next year. At 29 years old, I guess you could see a regression and he only played 36 games last year, but so much of that is just because the Pacers threw in the towel. Um, right. So. Yeah. Like, yeah. When he got hurt, they were just like, yep, we're just going to tank. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. It's just, it's funny to me because it's like, I think him and Halliburton could make a pretty awesome backcourt. Yep. You know? I don't really understand why you wouldn't want to try to make that work. I know you just drafted another shooting guard in Ben Matherin, and he looks like he could be pretty decent, but he's just a rookie. And I know you want to like build and, and develop your young talent, but I don't know. I feel like you, you gave away your ability to accelerate your, your rebuild, you know, kind of like a Utah, mm-hmm. you know, like why are you trading away these like pretty good players on pretty good contracts are they really hampering your growth and development that much? I, I just don't really think so. Mm-hmm. You know, between Halliburton and Matherin and you get Brogdon in there, that's a great three-man rotation. And you throw Heald in there even. That's a great <laughs> four-man rotation at your guard position, I think. And then all you have to do at that point is, is fill in a little bit after that. I don't know. I thought the Pacers had a good chance of being good last year. Obviously, injuries played a big role. TJ Warren never came back. Miles Turner was really injured. And by that point, they had just traded Sabonis and they threw in the towel. Like, yeah. when they have all their pieces healthy, I feel like they would have been a really good team. I know. It's it's funny. Now, this truly was the end of it with Brogdon and TJ Warren signing that contract. Yeah. That's and then the poor TJ of- McConnell. Poor TJ McConnell got hurt uh, for the whole year with that Achilles injury. Right. Yeah. TJ McConnell came out the gates pretty good as well. Um, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> the Pacers also hired Rick Carlisle specifically. To coach this roster and yeah, and now he's got himself a, a rebuilding uh, one. Um, yeah, this this team's going to be really bad, terrible next year. Uh, but Brogdon Celtics, this is a needle mover. Uh, I I'm a little again surprised that other teams didn't make a didn't make an effort here to try to get him. Lakers, I mean, we could have yeah. thrown a bunch of names in there for this uh, for this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> The thing, yeah, I feel like the pick would have been more valuable too because like a 2027 Lakers pick is worth more than a 2023 Celtics pick. And yeah, if you're in, if you're in the market together, a point guard, well, yeah, I guess I guess you have the still the Westbrook problem. <laughs> I bet that I bet that's what they tried to do. They tried to somehow give the Pacers Westbrook, and the Pacers were like, "This is too much trouble. Like, I don't want to deal with this." This is so, so crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how much of a net negative. <laughs> like Nick Stauskas in in a in this weird objective world may have more value than Russell Westbrook just because oh. Nick Stauskas value is zero yeah. versus Westbrook's <laughs> value being like negative. Oh I don't know. Gosh. What would it, I would probably I'm gonna throw twenty five million negative twenty five sure, million. Why I, not? <laughs> I think it gives you at least twenty million dollars worth of decent productivity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Like. A guy like Brogdon should not be going for nothing. It, it's it's crazy. Like I, I'm trying to think of like what other team needs a good point guard. I feel like there's a lot, you know. Mm. Yeah, someone must have been able to give a decent package, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's great for the Celtics. I mean, their small ball lineup looks crazy good now. You know, mm. I mean, you could 
sub either Horford or Robert Williams in at the five, but then you got Smart, Brogdon, Brown, and Tatum, man. That's yep. a big quartet of offense right there. Like that <clears throat> that's so many options to go to. Yeah, you had another guy that's very classic, can shoot, can drive and kick as well pretty well. So it fits into their system. Yeah. Now they got their, I feel like Brogdon, their plethora Brogdon of driving might be kick one guys. of those yeah, he might be one of those guys that averages like nine assists a game next year. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it shooting like thirty eight. He might get back to his his uh, his forty percent shoot three point shooting that he had that he hit yeah. a few years ago. True, I, I I think so. And then I mean the Celtics they also got Danilo Gallinari on a, on a two year cheap deal. Yep, Celtics Celtics looking good, man. They're looking real good next year. What a weird thing. That whole Atlanta Hawk experiment of last year with Gallinari, Bogdanovic, uh, mm-hmm. re-signing John Collins. Kevin Horder. <laughs> Kevin Horder. Like, a couple of those guys are, have now left, and that whole experiment just did not work. And it, uh, there's got to be a – like, I, I did not pay much attention to that team last year, but I kind of wish I did just to understand what in God's name happened to that roster. Um New year, uh, obviously. I think it was so. a conference finals hangover, man. These young guys <laughs> thought it would just be easy after that. I think mm-hmm. I, we heard it at the beginning of last regular season when they got off to a bad start. Trey Young's like, "Yeah, just regular season isn't as fun as playoffs." <laughs> There's a means to an end, though. There are you gotta means you gotta to get your end. chores done to get to the fun part, man. Yeah, you, know? you gotta plan your wedding to get to the wedding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Shout out to you. <laughs> Shout out to me, man. I know it. I'm I'm like the Atlanta Hawks right now, dude. I'm so far behind. I don't know if I'm going to catch up. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'll just barely squeak into that play in tournament. <laughs> yep. Just make a Cinderella run. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the goal right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I... speaking of uh Kevin Horder though. Um yeah, and you mentioned in the Kings need to make a big move. Was that the big enough move for you? Them trading for Kevin Horder? <laughs> Gosh, I, I, I mean, hey, somebody's got to give take this guy's take this guy's salary. I guess like at oh. least at least he's gonna find some consistent playing time uh, in Sacramento. <laughs> but oh man, uh, I mean, it's kind of funny because it's like you almost had this exact same player in Buddy Heel that you traded away last year. And you were paying him almost the exact same amount of money, <laughs> and now you traded back to get yeah, this guy. Yeah, I'd argue Buddy Hill's better than Kevin Horder too. Yeah, yeah, I will too. He's slightly, yeah, he's better, more athletic, better on the perimeter as a defender. You know what I'm disappointed in too is like even though Brogdon got traded, I feel like Buddy Hield was having a bit of a renaissance of a career after he got traded to the Pacers and was getting like starting minutes versus six man minutes, mm-hmm. he was putting up some huge numbers at the end of the year. And not just from like a shooting perspective, but he was getting like six assists a game. Yeah. It's like, what is this like all around player buddy healed that just came out of nowhere? Like six rebounds, six assists, 22 points a game. Oh yeah. That's 18... an, that would be an all-star that I'd lose the bet to you right there, <laughs> but I don't know if he's going to get the playing time still. I think they're just going to slot in Matherin and, and put healed back on the bench. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, last year you had 35 minutes a game for Indiana to, on those 26 games. He managed to, to sneak in there playing for them. Um, I mean, on that name, like buddy heels got to be moved at some point here. And 
I'm hoping the yeah. Lakers can snatch him up, or somebody's going to have to be able to <laughs> snatch him up. Their, uh, rectify their previous mistakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so this Indiana team can go all in on just totally just tanking. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Twenty million this year for Buddy Heel and eighteen million next year. So I guess it's it's slightly more than Kevin Herter, but you know, Man. points still. You think stand. the Lakers? <laughs> you think the Lakers <laughs> proposed uh, Russell Westbrook straight up for Buddy Heel and Brogdon? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I <would've> done it. <laughs> uh, you gotta try. <laughs> yep, you don't know unless you try. Right. <laughs> um. But oh man, talking about contracts, there there are a couple extensions that did happen as well. James Harden, two-year extension with the 76ers, taking a $15 million pay cut. I mean, it seemed like this was on its way. I'm glad to see James Harden. He's he's focusing on winning here um, mm-hmm. and willing to give his team more wiggle room. Damian Leonard, Damian Leonard, two years, $122 million oh. extension. I think, does this make him the highest paid player now, or is the joking once steal that still extension, bigger? Once that extension kicks in. Okay. He will be the highest paid player for those two years. Yeah, the per but, year on those two. Yeah, the per year is just stupid. 61 mm-hmm. million, man. Yeah, because Nikola Jokic, I mean, his five-year 270 will probably be paying him pretty close to that number mm-hmm. in the last few years of his contract. But, yeah, this uh, – yeah, silencing all all the media outlets, man. Dame's not going anywhere. <laughs> He's collecting his bags. This is just the money is just so wild. Like, I mean, oh I felt gosh. like it was pretty crazy a few years ago, but it's just accelerated the last few years. And I mean, I guess that's why it's also like looking back, you know, like Malcolm Brogdon here being traded. If you were dissuaded by the contract number, it almost doesn't matter because the salary cap has just bumped, bumped, bumped itself, continues to bump up quite mm-hmm. a bit the last few years. So 20 million might actually sort of be like the new 12 or 13 million that's just like yeah not quite as big of a hit on 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 the overall cap space right i mean we could be looking at a lot of those you know duncan robinson style contracts once that new cba actually takes effect where we're like those are bargains now like any any nba guys that signed contracts in that period got screwed because (laughs) these new contracts are out of control yeah I mean, bargain would still have to, would have to still also say that there's productivity there that outweighs the number. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure right. Duncan Robinson's done much productivity. I don't think he would. No, he wouldn't make it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is this is crazy though. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for I'm happy for both sides on this. You know, it takes away from the drama, so they can just focus on what they got right now, and they they've got a decent team. You know, mm-hmm. they'll be back in the playoff hunt again now. With Dame back healthy, with with the revitalized Jeremy Grant and got Infernity Simons and Nurkic back, like the whole starting lineup is pretty damn good. Yeah, it's a um, solid starting lineup. It's still a solid team, and then you got the question mark of Shaden Sharp, obviously, who we still haven't really seen play. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to play in summer league, injured his shoulder in like the first five minutes of the game. He could end up being a huge bust, but <laughs> still, still uh, something that people are going to be watching for. Yeah, for sure. And then you got Zion Williamson signing that rookie max five years, one ninety three. Big gamble. <laughs> yeah, and then his buddy right here, Darius Garland, signing for the exact same amount of years Ooh. in amount. That one was surprising for me. Yep, I, I for me as well. I did not think he would actually get the full max dollars that he was eligible for. Like, yeah, I mean, he made the All Star team. 
as a substitute, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't a, a straight up voted into the All Star game. I can't remember. It was either. I, I think he might have been a substitute. Yeah. But I mean, he had a great year, obviously. But man, worth a max. That is banking on him improving a ton because, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I feel like they're just giving out these max rookie deals like candy. Some of these teams are now because they're just so afraid of losing the guy. And I guess, I mean, if you're Cleveland, I guess you don't really have anyone else. You're paying, but like, I'm going to be looking at Evan Mobley getting the same thing two years from now, you know, like if, at this rate, it's just like if you have a decent few first years you're getting the rookie max i mean we saw it with michael porter jr last year Mm -hmm. and how that backfired and i thought that might have been like a warning sign for a lot of these teams i mean especially with zion like hey like are you sure you want to give this guy a max contract when he's still unproven yeah but cautionary tale has not taken effect yet (laughs) people are still handing these things out like crazy yeah i mean zion is risky but I feel like if you don't give it to him, somebody else will. And at some point, he was playing like a top 20 player, maybe top 15 yeah. player oh, in the for league. Sure, for sure. I mean, but on that other side, like Darius Garland, I mean, 20 points, uh, almost nine assists. Like, this is pretty good. But <clears throat> is it superstar good? Is it is he actually going <laughs> to tap top 10 player territory like it's a lot of money, but yeah, he's getting paid like a top twenty player, so he's yeah. gotta be a top twenty player. Exactly, like his averages from last year. I mean, I know it's not clear apples to apples to Amphrey Simmons. I mean, Darius mm. Garland is younger, a bit more athletic, quicker, um, but it's not the, the numbers aren't that far off, and he's getting paid <laughs> double the contract size yeah. is double. So that those contexts seem to make it a little crazier to me uh but hey i mean it's it's five years 22 there's a chance he plays into this contract like yeah if if the if the the improvement trajectory follows an ideal path but Mm -hmm. it seems it seems iffy such a big deal yeah it's now yeah you're banking on darius garland becoming a household name you know Mm -hmm. like like a jason tatum like you know showing up in subway commercials and being a face of the NBA. Like that's what you're counting on. So right. we're going to have to see if he can become that because right now he's not a household name. You know, he's not a Luca. He's not a Tatum. Yeah. Guys who are both, you know, almost as young as he is. Yep. So yeah, he's going to, he's going to have some work cut out for him to earn yeah. this money. And I think part of it may just be the Cavs may feel like they do have the core. And I mean, I don't blame them for feeling this way, right? Like they were the fifth C for most of the year and then they fell off. True. So they're mm-hmm. banking that that magic doesn't fall off and they are truly yeah. in that position for the next few years. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Evan Mobley to me feels like more of a sure shot than Darius Garland a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll pay Mobley too. I think that's the thing is like they, they feel like they can just run it back with the same squad. They they brought back rookie Rubio mm-hmm. on a three year 18 million. That's a good deal right there. I mean, he, he had a little bit of a, of a flourishing and, and a revitalization of his career with Cleveland last year before he got hurt. And then they, they traded him to the Pacers while he was hurt. And the Pacers just let him walk, and he comes right back. <laughs> it's like they gave him a little vacation in Indiana to rehab. I don't know. Was... <laughs> and he comes back on a, on a longer contract. I think that's, that's, that's a fun story. I think that's pretty great. 
I forgot that he got traded to Indiana. When I saw the right? when I saw your note that he resigned <laughs> for three years, eighteen million, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. He had a good year yeah, with that. He never left, right? <laughs> I thought he just never <laughs> no, left, but he did. He was he wasn't there, or no? Was it no? Maybe it was Minnesota that he got traded to. No, it was Indiana. It was of, no, it was Indiana. Yeah, yep. it was Indiana. Yeah, he he used to play for Minnesota. That was his first team. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but so, I don't have to, he, he was a great backup point guard to Garland. Oh, like, I think so. Yeah, he fit this team really well. Yeah, and on the note of the Cavaliers, there's a guy that I also forgot is still on the table, and that's Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton, man. So notable free agents still out there. There's there's a list here. We got DeAndre Aiden, Colin Sexton, Montrez Harrell. Eric Bledsoe and Dennis Schroeder. Um, oh, these, Dennis these are, Schroeder. <laughs> Colin Sexton is the one I'm still. I'm surprised by that he's still yeah. on the table. Uh, so Colin Sexton has had the qualifying offered him at seven point two million, and the Cavs haven't offered him an extension. Therefore, if no team bids on Colin Sexton because he is a restricted free agent, and the Cavaliers obviously have not offered an extension. He'll just have to take play for seven point two million next year, um, Damn. which is quite—it's <laughs> quite the bargain, quite the stark difference uh, for what I mean. Darius Garland will keep getting paid eight million off that rookie deal, but immediately after that, he's going into the thirty-three million dollar range, yeah. which is pretty crazy. Leaving Sexton in the dust, <laughs> exactly. Leaving Sexton in the dust, and it wasn't like what seven months ago, eight nine months ago. Sexton was the leading scorer on this team before he went down. Yeah, he was playing well before that injury happened, man. Mm-hmm. I and mean, him and Garland looked really good together. Yeah. What what a turn of events for this young guy. And I hope he comes back healthy and plays his way into a big deal. Um, but, I mean, maybe he could get it this summer. But I, I'm, a, I'm surprised there hasn't been, a, there hasn't been a, yeah. an offer made here for him. I mean, how much of this is Kevin Durant fueled? It's it's got to be it's got to be fueled by him. Like, would he have had an offer of like a twenty million a year deal by now? Like, or just something in like the Anthony Simons like four years hundred million? If Kevin Durant wasn't on the table for a lot of these teams that would otherwise be offering him some like big contracts, I think so. Maybe not a four year. Uh, no, I I I think I think he he should be worth that. I think he should. He be. Should. I think he's just yeah. as good as Anthony Simons. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I'm surprised that um, I don't know. Let's say G- Utah Jazz truly wants to revamp their roster. They just traded Gobert, uh, opening up some cap space. He got all these expiring deals. Like, why not try to try to do a, a sign and trade there if you're if you're Utah Jazz? Right. Um, I don't know. I feel like there should be there could be there should be teams making more more of a run here. Maybe Dallas. Like Dallas, I feel like. Should be exploring yeah. something here with this with for Colin Sexton. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I, I feel like he'd fit the mold for a lot of teams. He's just like a, a high scoring combo guard with great athleticism. Not even in his prime yet. He's been resting technically. I mean, he's been in rehab with that injury of his. But mm-hmm. I sound all signs from what I've read seem like he's going to be ready in next season. You know, it's not like he's going to miss a year. Right. So I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like. It is pretty crazy that he still hasn't gotten an offer from another team yet. And maybe it is just all Kevin Durant, you know? Maybe they're just like, oh, if I can't get Kevin Durant, now I'll go after Colin Sexton. 
Yeah. Um, do you know what the the like the date is that teams have to make him an offer before he has is forced to accept this seven point two million? That's a good question. I do not know the that date. I feel like he still probably has a pretty good amount of time left. You mm-hmm. know, because I I I'd say like probably before training camp is what I'd imagine would be like the 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 date he'd have to get an offer by. Mm-hmm. It's it's. It's got to be like, I don't think you, I mean, free agency period, I guess never really ends. What's the free never really ends when no. the free season kicks in up until yeah. and training camp doesn't start till August. So I feel like he's got at least through a good chunk of August for, to get this deal done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I guess it, I'd have to look yeah. it up. Right. But yeah, obviously we know that the DeAndre Ayton doesn't have an offer because of the Kevin Durant stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these other three guys, I don't think they're held up by Kevin Durant at all. Um, there, there's definitely some underlying factors there. I mean, starting with Montrez Harrell, and obviously we've seen this guy ha- run into some legal issues recently. Um, nothing, you know, that would say that point to you being like, oh, this guy is is the scum of society and needs to get thrown in jail type of stuff. But like, it might be a distraction, you know, in a locker room depending on yeah i I don't know all the details tales of what went down but um yeah it's just he's maybe he should come back to the clippers man you know (laughs) if no one's interested in him it seems like he he did the best with us so we can sign him to it to a little deal uh we're actually a little short on on centers now all we have is zubak uh because we let hartenstein walk i think marcus morris senior is like our backup center at this point so we'll yeah i'll happily welcome montrez harrell back (laughs) or he should join his buddy pat bev in utah yeah sure why not take the vet minimum (laughs) yeah exactly you know it's funny because talking about the lakers free agency two years ago (laughs) i guess they could (laughs) they had an opportunity here to repeat repeat it and bring both both of those signees back onto the roster this summer oh, that's right yeah <laughs> i mean yeah that's right they yeah i i wonder if harold even got the call from the lakers i doubt it i don't think harold would be one but dennis schroeder to me still makes sense for the <laughs> lakers like for for a vet minimum like yeah dennis schroeder fits the boxes in that you know scoring point guard off the bench like he still fit checks those boxes, I think, for, for something yeah. that the Lakers need. So, yeah, this is hilarious, bro. He's gonna get a veteran minimum. <laughs> like, he's he's not even gonna get half of what the Lakers offered him mm-hmm. for, over the rest of his career. He's not gonna even make half of it. Maybe not even a quarter of it at this rate. Like, if he if he gets to twenty million more career earnings, I'd be pretty stunned. Yeah. That's probably not going to happen. I don't think no he's going to do it. He he'd have to have like a JaVale McGee sort of like comeback where you know JaVale McGee got his three or twenty million with the with the Mavericks. <laughs> um, like Schroeder would have to somehow find a deal like that. I don't know if that's something that's going to happen though. You know, no one really wants him. Yeah, I mean he he's tough. His market is kind of dried up because he's a little slightly undersized. Uh, you know, he's not the greatest on the perimeter perimeter end, and I think he's kind of had like a bit of a shooting slump the last few years as well. He's not quite the punchy scorer that he 
that he once was. Let's see, what did he shoot last year? He shot 32% from three last year, 35% the year before that with Boston. Like, he's just what you want from, from your point guards. You know, your your six-man point guard is just not really providing yeah. that. He's his That golden year he had at OKC with Chris Paul, he's such a long ways from that now. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, it's just, it's crazy that he had a four year, $84 million deal on the table. Mm-hmm. I hope he's fired his agent because, uh, it, oh, he's represented by Rich Paul, isn't he? Is he a clutch client? I don't think, I don't think he's a clutch client. I don't think he's a clutch Oh man, guy. if he was, I that would, that would just be too rich, man. <laughs> That'd be too rich because, it, yeah. You hear about the whole it is New Orleans Noel all over again. Yeah, exactly. The New Orleans Noel. Which kinda remind me, I kinda actually want to read and if there's been any update on that, but probably not since nothing's come. I mean he's still on the same deal he was last year, yeah. He hasn't nothing's changed yet. But for Schroeder, man, this might be as bad at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, you turned down eighty four million dollars for a six million dollar deal so far (laughs) last year. And that'll probably cut in half this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good luck to you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Schroeder. We'll, we'll see see what happens. So, out of these uh, five guys, who do you think is most likely to be signed in the next? I guess Colin Sexton, DeAndre Aiden. We'll, we'll exclude them. I feel They'll like they're going to land somewhere. What yeah. about Montrez, Eric, and Dennis? Who, who mean, gets signed I'm before gonna... the Who gets signed before the start of the year here? Who's most likely? Uh, you know, we didn't even talk about him, but it's Bledsoe. You know, I think Bledsoe still offers value as just like a a guard off the bench. You know, like like a Wesley Matthews type on Milwaukee. You know, like once all the dust settles and like you know the teams are like finalized their their teams a bit, and it's like oh, we just need like a guy to like spell Luca for ten minutes, or we need we need someone to spell Kyle Lowry for ten minutes. You know, he just ends up on one of these teams. Like I I think. That's a no-brainer. I don't think so. I think Eric Bledsoe is not on a roster. He's probably... Really? You think he's done? I think he'll end up on a roster once the season starts. You know, once things happen, like injuries, trades, and whatnot. Usually guys find homes. But I don't... Yeah, I would not offer really? him a, a real traditional NBA co- full-season contract, guaranteed money. The one year, like a veteran minimum? Nope, I'm not giving it to really? him. Really? That's yeah. nothing, man. You don't. It's not like you have to pay him $19 million like he was making last year. I still wouldn't give it to him. I wouldn't wow. give it to him. <laughs> I'm That's sorry. That's amazing. By one of my least favorite players. No way. <laughs> you say we, Wesley Matthews? Yeah, he's like Wesley Matthews. Eric Blitzer shot 31% from the three-point line yes, last year. <laughs> 76% from the free throw line. 42 just overall on the field for nine points a game. That's he said he's like Wesley Matthews. I didn't say he's as good as <laughs> Let's see Wesley Wesley Matthews. I'm going to say he shot 38% from the from the three-point line. Like give me that yeah, guy. He probably did. Yeah. Oh, 33%. Yeah. Oh, he is Wesley Matthews. He is Wesley Matthews. 33%, <laughs> 39, 78 from the free throw line, five points. He is Wesley Matthews, so... but I'm not taking. I'm <laughs> still not, not taking. It? Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Dennis. I think Dennis Schroeder gets wow. signed. You have more the... faith in Dennis Schroeder than Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, I'm gonna take Dennis Schroeder over Montrez and Eric Bledsoe. 
that's that's wild you're wild dude <laughs> yeah um yeah that's who i'm taking so we'll see if they get oh, signed man. but switching gears kevin Durant's quick update he's still he's still there he's still out there apparently he's still out there <laughs> still trying to get traded um but yeah no big no big update so still hanging on that just for this big blockbuster to just come through at some point it seems like it's becoming increasingly clear that this deal is going to have to be way more complicated than anyone initially thought. This is not going to end up being a uh, one team trading with one team. This most likely is going to have to be like a four team trade to yeah. actually work out to where every side's happy. And that's going to take a lot. And that it, ha- it probably has been taking a lot of time. It's going to take a lot more time to figure out a deal when you're doubling the amount of teams involved. Yeah, I mean, if Minnesota four picks, one pick swap, couldn't get it done, there's no way another team out there has. I feel like it'd be extremely, I'd be extremely surprised if another team would be willing to give up four picks, consecutive picks like Minnesota just did, let alone a package better than what Minnesota put together for Gobert. It would have to be (laughs) Nets taking back picks from like two different teams. Uh, and getting yeah. a, mm-hmm. one big player from another team, like yep, yeah, you're. It's gonna have to be super complex, like right. And it's like, why would the third or fourth teams be giving up first round picks if they're not even the ones getting Kevin Durant? Exactly. Yeah, that's the hard part. So that's that's gonna take a long time, a lot of phone calls to figure out. It might not even happen, man. Like at this rate, like maybe Kevin Durant's emotions are like calm down he's like okay you know what seems like Kyrie's fine staying here another year maybe I should just stay another year mm-hmm. and and let's actually try to make this work for once you know because they haven't really given it the real good try mm-hmm. yet it's it's just been thing after thing and yeah where it's it, I think it's becoming increasingly clear to Kevin Durant that this trade is not going to be as easy as he thought it would be and so for him, it's like, well, maybe my best chance to win a championship still is in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So maybe he does start the season with Brooklyn. You know, and he just cause a big, dramatic <laughs> blow up for no reason, uh, which would be very on point, very on brand for Kevin Durant to just try to make it all about him, and then it's just a big hissy fit, and nothing actually happened. Yeah, I have a feeling we're gonna probably. I feel like it's more likely we're gonna end up seeing these guys on the on the team to start the year. Um, yeah, that's what I feel right now. So we'll see how it I goes. Saw, I saw this really uh, cute video of this dad. He's videotaping his his son, and there's there's Sixers fans, and the kid was crying at the prospect that the Sixers would even consider trading Tyrese Maxey for Kevin Durant. <laughs> the kid is like a Tyrese Maxey super fan. He's like a little six year old kid. It, it was adorable. I saw that video. I can't believe I didn't realize Tyrese Maxey had that hardcore of fans, but you know, it's everyone's got a favorite player, man. You know, <laughs> goes yep. to show. It's true. That's true. Um, cool. So switching gears there to to close the podcast that we mentioned earlier. You know, it's in the middle of the summer league, and summer leagues just become something that's like bigger. The la- all of a sudden, the last like five five years, yeah. like I f- I feel like I remember summer league being like 
I think it would be on NBA TV, maybe only like the big games, like the the actual summer league playoff games. But I don't remember ever it ever being covered by ESPN or any major news news art news company. Um, the fact that it's on ESPN, it's talked about on NBA t- Today, Sports Center, like Sports Illustrated yeah. writes about it. It's insane. It's such a huge turnaround, and there's actually people buying tickets to to really to watch these games. So shout out to the NBA for growing this, and it's a bit fun to to see that and speculate um, and sort of think about what the headroom of growth is for a lot of these young players. But yeah. at the same time, it's like. The question is: Does seven summer league even matter? Is it truly a measure <laughs> of of potential or success? I don't think so. And here's the list of the last ten MVPs of the last over the last ten years of uh, of summer league. And there's some there's some notable names here, but so here it is: John Wall makes sense. Da- yeah. Damian Leonard, Jonas Valachunas. Glenn Rice Jr., Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Clark, and then last year, Davion Mitchell and Cameron Thomas. Um, I mean, there's big names here that you recognize, but, you know, you don't see a list of future all-stars. You got John Wall, Damian, and that's about it. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Josh Hart's a decent player. Lonzo Ball's a decent player. Brandon Clark is a decent player. All these guys are starters at some point, and they're, who the they're Josh players. Selby. Yeah, I don't know who Josh Selby is. No, I don't. I've never heard of this guy. I don't remember him playing at all. Yeah. So even at the highest level, the highest award given during summer league is still real. No real indication that this this player is going to break into the top ten, top fifteen club or even top 20 club, it's an indication that they're, they're probably got a decent chance to be a solid starter in the league. But then mm-hmm. if you also take a look at the top five scorers of every year from 20, 2005 and 2021, and shout out to SB Nation, this is where I got this this metric from. They came, they did mm-hmm. this whole breakdown, is how often do these players, these top, these top five scorers of every year, end up having a, a solid NBA career. Solid NBA career, meaning they've managed to stay in the league five or more years and average at least five points or higher. 58 out of those 80 top five scores had an NBA career that lasted more than five years. So hmm. it's 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 a decent number, but again, it's still far off to re- from really telling you that if you're succeeding in the summer league, it's 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 a good sure sign that you'll succeed in the NBA. That still seems to be quite a stretch for for a lot of guys. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, it makes sense, right? It's like call, just because you're good in college doesn't mean you're going to be good in the pros. And the guys you play in summer league are either guys you played in college already or they've been in the league for a year or mm-hmm. maybe two. So it's not like you're playing the best of the best and it's only an indicator of what you how good you are in college, really. So, yeah, I think it makes sense. I, I, yeah, I never take too much stake in the summer league. I know... There gets more and more hype every year, and it, it's a cool event. You know, it seems like it it brings together a lot of a lot of basketball fans. You see more players actually going to the summer league games mm-hmm. and like supporting their new teammates, and you know, just hanging out with a bunch of players there and a bunch of media. Uh, it seems like a pretty cool event, and you know, I like I like that it's grown and it's you know kept the NBA more relevant throughout the year. 
But yeah, I'm not going to fool myself into thinking that we're going to find, you know, the next face of the NBA who, from whoever guy gets the summer league MVP. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we'd be looking at guys like, you know, Mac McLong <laughs> as like, as like the future faces of the league, which yeah, obviously isn't going to happen, but yeah, it, it's fun. It's just fun. And that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to come to you during our OKC season preview and be like, Chet Holmgren is the next up and coming top five player just because he had a good summer league. Like it, it really, yeah, I'm not going to base any performances here on like how these teams are actually going to do. Yeah, and on that OKC note, I'd say the preseason is probably still the better indicator of where these players might go that year. Like, I'll take an example. Even like then, it's like, yeah, it's still weird. Right. I'll take a guy like Josh Giddy. I don't remember hearing Josh Giddy in the Summer League last year. Obviously, he's killing right. it now in the Summer League, but he had a really good preseason, and uh, mm-hmm. and then he ended up rolling into a really good start to the year. Um, so... Still take the preseason over the summer league in terms of indicate indicator of success. But I think it also opens the eyes of just like how good actual NBA basketball is. Like Yeah. It's like college tier is so far below. Summer league slight is better than than college, but it's still like pretty far so way off. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still way far off NBA level where you got guys, you know, killing it out there but can't even get on an NBA roster. So right. <laughs> it's it's wild stuff. Um, yeah, that's all I got. That's yeah. all I got on Summer League. Any other thoughts on no. that, Sean? <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's good fun, you know. It, it It's still, you know, kind of like a movie trailer. You know, you get to see, like, Paolo versus Chet, Jabari versus Paolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got some Ben Matherin sprinkled in there. I don't know. Jaden Ivey had some really good numbers. So, you know, it just shows that these guys that went in the top five, six, they look really damn good. And yeah. I'm excited to see how they do on the next level. Like, it seems like they're really, really talented. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that's the other piece of it. Some of these guys you don't really get to see play each other very much in college, but in the summer league, they're going head to head. The uh, oh, the summer league darling, Kenny Lofton Jr., <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies. Did you see this? This man. I've heard. I heard his name. And uh, I saw his I saw his name buzzing on Twitter, but I don't actually know. I haven't actually tuned into a lot of these. I saw the Ranchero versus Jabari Smith game, but that's yeah. about it. You you probably will not hear much about Kenny Lofton Jr. outside of this one time because he he has captured the hearts of everyone at Summer League. <laughs> He's just this big bruising dude. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Yes. And he was taking it to Chet. And he's putting up big numbers every game he's in, bringing the energy, bringing the fire. And I actually watched him play in the in the, in the tournament too, and he, he it was pretty entertaining, man. This 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 kid's fun. I don't know if he's gonna get any NBA playing time, but uh, he he got his time in the limelight a little bit. I mean, it's tough. Six six, two hundred eighty pounds. Like, Whew. that's that's some Zion. Uh, numbers right there. <laughs> yeah, but you're like too small to actually play the four. Um, right. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. But <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking about. I've seen the highlights, but um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe he, maybe he'll stick around for a while. Yeah. He seems like he's got the fire, you know. Like mm-hmm. he he's got something to prove, and I like it. Yeah. Well. I'll, I'll, I'll note that name. Let's see. Maybe we end up talking about him in the NBA previews or as we head into the regular season, maybe he goes to training camp and gets himself a, a guaranteed deal coming out of that. Uh, yeah, sticks around that. with the Grizzlies for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, 
we'll keep up with that journey and a lot of these guys all throughout the year and um We'll try to bring you guys some podcast episodes um, as we can, but it is a slow time of the year, so we'll try our best. But thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everyone.